20 Schemes is the church planting ministry of Nidri Community Church in Edinburgh, Scotland and Redeemer Fellowship Church in Bardstown, Kentucky. I'm Mez McConnell and this is the 20 Schemes podcast. Cool, right, we're here with um, Derek Lamont, not Lamont. Correct. Just to be Good clear. Good start. Thank you. Uh, just tell our one viewer at home <laughs> who you are, what you're minister of, etc., etc. Once I start, it will just switch off, so there'll be no one. But, uh, I'm minister in uh, a free church of Scotland in the city centre of Edinburgh, uh, St Columbus Free Church. Been there for uh, just about 18 years this this month, I think. And free church is on the Royal Mile, right? So right at the top, of the Royal Mile near the castle. Yeah, correct. It's very confusing. There's two St Columbus on Johnson Terrace, which is beside the castle, but right. ours is right at the top of. Uh, the Royal Mile, and about two minutes from the castle, so it's built on Castle Rock. So is yours the first free church in yeah. Edinburgh that's uh, ever been built or started? Yeah, well, th- there would have been a few started at the same time, but it was built, and the church was built in about 1846, so it's been around for a wee while. All right. Um, you also, you're a Hibs fan, right? Correct. What do you think of this New Yorkshire fella? Excellent. All all guys from Yorkshire who drink tea are good, and he's a good lad. And so undefeated so far. Yeah, I know he's like he's like your Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, except <laughs> it's all gone a bit peak tongue for us now. Um, all right. Um, he seems a good lad. Yeah. Yeah. It just he came out of nowhere, right? I'm thinking, who's this yeah. guy? Anyway, anyway, well, let's get distracted about that. So, free church. Obviously, I've known you for since I've been here, which is twelve years. I can't believe it's been twelve years I've been here. It seems much longer, mate. I know. For everyone concerned, <laughs> but um. Uh, you're also a bit of a thug, right? Because you look like a nightclub bouncer for a start. That's the first thing. The second thing is I played football against you once and I couldn't walk for about three days afterwards. You yeah. kicked me up and down that pitch. Remember uh, that? I feel quite proud of that. Yeah. You calling me a thug. Yeah, but yeah. Did, did you remember that? Yeah. Oh, don't play football. This guy is a monster, by the way. He's not dirty. He's just hard as nails. <laughs> Is that the match I scored a hat-trick in, though? It was, yeah. All right. And you were hanging off my leg, trying to... Yeah. Trying to bite my ankle. Then last time I played with you, so that was much better. Yeah. We were much better together than Yeah, exactly. Much size. calmer for me. Less painful. Anyway, so... You are, used to be the Grand Lodge Master of the Free Church, <laughs> or whatever you call your... What, what? The Presbyterian Pope. Correct. So you used to be... What's it called? Moderator. The Moderator. Yeah. So that's like... What's the like equivalent in the Church of Scotland or something? To well, that? the Church of Scotland is the same. It's a moderator. Is it? Yeah. So what does that mean? It just means to basically it means you're chairman of the the General Assembly, which is the gathering of all the ministers and elders uh, every year. So you, effectively, you're just the chairman of that meeting, and you don't have any power then. No, no, no power, no executive powers, unlike Mr. Trump. <laughs> and so, how many free churches in Scotland? Just over a hundred, I think. Is there? Uh, yeah. And just because most of my guys, yeah. particularly in the States, won't even understand. Yeah, it's a very small denomination. But is, is that is that a good number now, or have you had more historically? Um, there would have been some more historically, but uh, it's been pretty. It's for the last fifty years, forty fifty years, been pretty static. Although just in this last uh, five to ten years, there's kind of been a bit of a recognition of our need to move from maintenance to mission. 
and some planting, right? Churches. We'll get yeah. onto planting in a minute. But yeah. um, so have you got like a hundred like churches? Or, you know, I mean, buildings, parishes. Well, let's not get into. We all know what church is, right? Yeah. But, or, or do you have a hundred ministers, or do you have like a hundred places and so many are vacant? Yeah, yeah. There'll be just over a hundred places, and some of them are vacant. So, and a lot of them traditionally in the free church have been uh, in the highlands right that's where we were stronger as a denomination yeah. um and the uh the urban kind of belt uh edinburgh glasgow hasn't had so many um so we want to be strong in the rural areas but also grow and develop congregations more and more uh in the urban belt too. so have you got a shortage of young guys coming through uh, yeah, there's always a shortage, uh, but... Because I know, like, the FIC, independent churches, the Baptist churches, there just seem to be less and less men. Yeah, I don't know if we're at that stage. I think there's actually a lot of good guys in the in the pipeline beginning to come through, and we're, we're trying to develop leadership tracks for these guys and, uh, you know, pinpoint them earlier and encourage them into ministry, whether it's church planting or yeah. more traditional ministry. And do you take guys from overseas, like... Because, obviously... The circles I mix in America. Everybody, everybody loves Scotland. One yeah. and secondly, everybody wants to be a Presbyterian. I <laughs> for good lads will take them. I. But no, do you have like? We, yeah, we have had yeah, we have had at various points, and we've got uh, we, we've got one or two American guys who are currently pastors in the Free Church. So yeah, no, because I know there's guys here who watch this from Ligonier. I know from um, Lig Duncan's guys and yeah. other reforms. Absolutely, yeah. seminary guys are thinking about ministry. A lot of them talk to me about it. So how would a guy who's maybe watching this in the States, say, or somewhere else, thinking, you know, um, I'd love to come and plant a church in Scotland or pastor a church in Scotland with the free church, what, what would your advice to them be? I think they would need to come over and see it because I think yeah. Scottish Presbyterianism and the culture of secular kind of atheistic culture is very different from a lot of places in the States. But uh, And we're everything's much smaller. Everything's much smaller in our context. Uh, but I would encourage them to come and have a look first. Uh, there's places they can go and, you know, do sabbaticals or they can do, you know, a month or two months just to get a flavour. Yeah, if they're younger guys, absolutely. Internships, they can do that. Where um, they go on, what, they've got website? Just probably, well, tap in Free Church Scotland. Yeah, yeah, the mission uh, board of the Free Church. Uh, to be fair, I've just hit you with all these questions and really right. prepare. So. Yeah, but yeah. I just know there's lots of guys who constantly ask me and I'm like, I don't know how. Yeah. I mean, I've been here 12 years and I still can't figure out how the <laughs> the whole thing works. I, yeah. know it's simp I know it's simple to you guys, but yeah. it's just... Well... And, uh, and so, you know, I, I understand that guys have to go through theological training before they can be... Yeah, I mean, we've got we've got relationships with, with various denominations. Yeah. So brothers, brother, sister, sister relationships church whatever it is whatever relationships in anyway. yeah. and uh, so there's links and you know we're, we're obviously linked pretty closely and on a congregational level a lot of different congregations are linked with uh, congregations in the PCA in the states yeah yeah um, and and other denominations as well so there's kind of these there's local links um, yeah and that's probably the best way that we see things developing is congregationally so there's relational developments between congregations and, and then people come over and they can serve yep. on missions or cool. whatever and get, get to know us that way. So Derek Lamont's his name. Don't call him Lamont. Didn't like that. L-A-M-O-N-T. Google his church. St. Columbus. Royal Mile. 
yeah. out at them, won't they? Yeah, definitely. And have a look, because I know there's a lot of guys. We actually are now interviewing, I don't know how many, about 30% probably of our applicants to 20 schemes now would be Presbyterian. Right. And so we've got a couple of guys that we're supporting, you know, yep. like um, Chris in the North, Andy Robertson's just joined us. Um, there's another young lad working for us, I'm not sure where he'll end up. And so we're just looking at ways that we can get interns and help those yeah. boys out as well. So That would be a great link, actually. And I think what we're finding, and and I'm sure you've, you've experienced that too, is in church planting, there's, a lot, there's got to be a lot of networking, there's got to be a lot of support and uh, partnership. And, well, we, we certainly couldn't have done what we've done without partnership and networking and... Yeah relationships with other denominations. So has it changed the, because obviously I'm not Scottish, <coughs> I don't understand the culture, so when you when you were first came to Edinburgh 20 years ago, whatever, has the culture of the city changed in terms of people working together? Have, have guys always been pretty chilled out of each other? Because when I first came, it was, seemed to be very insular, people kept to themselves. Yeah, I mean, there was a tradition of everyone just getting on with their own thing and, and not really uh, putting their head above the parapet. Uh, but I think there's a pretty good relationship between the different church leaders here. I think it could always be better, but there's definitely, over the last 10, 15 years, you know, with a gospel partnership and it kind of you know, kicked this interest in church planting together. And we had conferences and we had guy over from the state talking about church planting. And I think it's, as part of the result of that is that, that we've been able to kick on the way we have. And, because we had Kevin DeYoung over, right? Yeah. And, He's Matt like Presbyterian's chief procreator, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's got 352 kids. He's got another one. So he just had another one. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's now really, it's about 18, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think they've got their, their own Kevin DeYoung school. That is a guy who procreates for, I mean, is that some sort of Presbyterian law? Uh, is that just an Dutch American Presbyterian, thing? yeah. Is it? Yeah. Um, he likes a pizza. Oh, yeah, actually, when he was here, all he ate was pizza. The guy, he didn't eat a vegetable in his life. That's no. why I liked him. He's definitely some sort of Scottish blood in him. But I saw him in Canada recently and he doesn't eat pizza anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah. You know, he's What's he eating now? Elk. He's eating some sort of, what's that stuff everybody's into now? Non-gluten, all that. Ah, right. I think he was eating a bowl of gluten-free cereal. Gluten-free grits. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, uh, why don't we get on to Kevin DeYoung? Because he was here at a conference. That's right, he was. And we had Matt Chandler too. Really yeah, we did have Matt. Guys. Yeah, the big the big guns came out. Yeah. And was it when the smoke cleared? Was there anything really happening? Yeah, I think it was actually. I think f we know. I still we still uh, meet young guys who said, oh, "I was at that conference six years ago," and really yeah. made me think about church planning, or or you know, kind of inspired me to think more missionally. And so there was, I think there was low level benefit from it. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And so, to just talking about church planting, because obviously it's what we we're interested in. But um, so the Free Church have launched a new initiative, right? Yeah. Well, the the mission board of the Free Church is going to be rebranded, as it were, as called Generation, um, uh, just to give it a kind of a focus, um, recognizing you know what we've learned from generations past, working in the current generation and looking forward to future generations of the gospel and the mission board their their vision is to plant it's not it's not very ambitious but it's a start i think it's to plant 30 new churches by 3030 
So I, I think it's pretty ambitious to me. That's growing your nomination yeah. by a third, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the resourcing of that is the issue, and and for us, uh, both people and, and finances and uh, knowledge and expertise. But we're getting there. We're getting there. We're slowly building up. And how many have you done? Probably about uh, seven or eight. We're at seven or eight. That's not, so, yeah, not bad, is it? Yeah. yeah. I get annoyed with the chat of church planting. Lots of people are talking about it for a long time, but they don't seem to do very much. I think once you start it, it begins to just accelerate. And right. the, the, plant, the churches you plant have that kind of same mentality. They want to be churches that plant. So, you know, we, we're at that stage of that our first church plant in St. Columbus to Cornerstone. They're kind of tentatively thinking about now planting a church. So it'll not happen for a couple of years, but they've got that mentality. So you hope that you plant churches that then themselves go on to be. Yeah, because you've got a, churches. you run a thing as well, the Free <coughs> Church. Um, I spoke it a few years ago. Boot camp, no? Yeah, the boot yeah. camp. Tell people about the boot camp because that's, that's quite a smart idea as yeah, well. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, it, it was an idea that came that Neil McMillan had, had Neil's never had a good idea in his life, let's no, just be no, clear. He probably stole it he from did, someone. He did, he did. It was yeah. from Eastern Europe, actually. Yeah. Right. And uh, the idea was to get young people to spend a week together and really really stretch them theologically yeah. and physically with, with physical activity as well and uh, push them in terms of leadership and give them a vision for the future. So we've got, it's a three-year program, so they go and they get different emphasis and they get projects to do and they, they meet up with the same group uh, for three years and they're also they're recommended by local church leaders to go right. so it's just a it's an avenue it's a channel where we're starting to think about uh, getting leaders for the future and the idea is to do this for a boot camp and then maybe out of that maybe a few of them will go on to the seminary and train for ministry yeah i mean the the kind of channel we would like to do is 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 to get them into churches to, to do apprenticeships as well. Right. So we're, we're at the stage now in St. Columbus of kind of formalising our apprenticeship scheme much more this year from September, so we hope to take on three apprentices right. at different levels, but part of that would very much be towards uh, getting people into ETS yeah. to, to study for ministry, yeah. Because, I, yeah, I mean, I thought the, the, the boot camp was really good, mm -hmm. quite a lot of young. You've got did a lot you of young do, talent you, as well. Did you uh, run up the mountain with them? No, no chance. I no. just... Could lead by example, mate. Joking, I just sat down, taught him some stuff and sent him off. I barely walk out of bed these days, and I <laughs> walk up a mountain. Um, I was going to ask you about um, generation um, and church planting. What percentage of your planting are you going to do in schemes, or are you doing in schemes? Well, we've got the great advantage of being linked with you guys. Right? Mm -hmm. So you're the experts in that area, and you've got the knowledge. But, knowledge. And we're not the expert. I just basically think we're the practically the only ones doing it. Yeah, so well, you, by default, we've become experts in its hold, You're holding on to God's <laughs> coattails as he uh, leads you in that. Um, so we, uh, certainly my great desire would be to see more partnership uh, with you guys and with the support you can offer. So at the moment, uh, we've got two guys from our seven or eight plants who are working in schemes. Yeah. Um, and we would like to see that develop and, and do you notice the difference look all ministries hard we're not saying anything's harder than the other let's be clear but just notice the difference in like their their plant say compared to a 
sort of city centre plant. Do you notice yeah, the yeah, difference? Yeah, yeah, city centre plant, cellar. I think the difference is uh, you're, it, you're really strictly focused on a, 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 a specific demographic that's very close knit. And it's, you know, you're not going to be getting people coming from all over, you know, Christians that maybe have a vision yeah. to plant a church and your, your growth is going to have to be conversion growth yeah. and that's hard and, you know, there's there's a huge amount of discipleship at that level um, and involvement and teamwork needed. So yeah. I think from that, the intensity of it at that level, I think the intensity of, of discipleship and uh, the fact that it's, it's not going to be easy to be a self-sustaining, even financially, yeah. church. Uh, within well you guys have a good model though right because you're not like as independents that have to raise um, you do have to raise money but your guys get paid like a stipend from the central pot right they do although for the church planting we've had to raise that money and and put it into the central pot to pay them yeah but but nonetheless there's a kind of um, 20 schemes has just adopted the same model in the last year right so now we pay our guys we don't have any money right but yeah. we raise the money for the central pot and they all at least get a salary. Right. Well, that's, that's It's just so similar. we don't penalise. One guy can raise 200 grand, exactly. one guy can raise 200 quid. Yeah. So we try and balance it. That's pretty Presbyterian. It is, it's very. See it not in Gath, but it is pretty <laughs> Presbyterian. <laughs> yeah, so I've, what I've found is it's definitely harder. It's slower. Mm-hmm. It seems to be much more body intensive. So a guy yeah. in a scheme can have three or four interns and people have said to me before, how... How is that a sustainable model? And I'm like, it's not a sustainable model, but it is the model required in unreached areas where there's just yeah. nothing. Yeah, it's just a completely different baby, isn't it? Because no one's like people will move into the city in Edinburgh, perhaps, and join a city centre plant, or a, but very few guys are going. I'll move into the local scheme. And well, and that's that, that's the challenge for us as well, in terms of our planting. Uh, if we partner with twenty schemes and. Uh, to plant churches uh, in these communities that if we've got a core team we need to persuade our guys that they need to be part of that yeah. community they need to live in there and they need, yeah, yeah. What, you know, they, they need to really get engaged so and that's a challenge huge challenge for us um, is to get that commitment but also do you know what it's not also it's that is a problem but one of the other problems and we found it here is that it's almost impossible to even move into a scheme Property yeah, is just yeah. so like sparse. Do you think that's? Do you think that's across the board in Scotland? Or Pretty much here? our experience. Because you here's a real. You hear gentrification, so yeah. people, but even up in um, Inverness and stuff, when you at the Merkinch and the ferry and that, um, the housing's at a premium. The 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 council housing, they aren't going to let a private person yeah, come yeah. in, so that, that they're on the list. Um, the way you probably could do it is through private landlords or or buying but they're so rare yeah they so rarely come up across the board it's very difficult um, yeah renting's market's tiny isn't it yeah and yeah. even here a house goes on the market here and it's gone in a day right <laughs> right but I know that's gentrification but I mean it's, it's a general rule so it is it is we do want people to move in but there are lots of difficulties to it but yeah, it's fascinating to me to observe the difference between a city centre plant, rural plant, and scheme plant. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just as a matter of interest, because someone was asking me the other day about whether how quickly should you get a team together and have your first Sunday service. Uh, we found our average, and it's not a law, it's just average, for our six or seven now across, the, across Scotland is um, about three years. Right. From the minute you sort of move in and begin to the minute you launch your first Sunday service. That's not a law I have. I don't have no. any law for starting, but there seems to be an average. Is that about what's your experience with your guys? Yeah, I think you know, we'd, we've got three church plants, so the first two were kind of different. Neil, when he planted uh, in Cornerstone, he probably reckons they took too long to get ready and start. And then Tom uh, in S Valley, he he thought it was, their time was slightly shorter and it was maybe, maybe about right. Maybe I'm speaking at a right. turn there. But I would have thought at least, at least a couple of years for us because planting from us is that they sh there'll be a kind of core team from early on within the congregation because yeah, yeah. we do it have generally done it through links with our city groups or our community groups yeah. um, and so they, they would work together to you know build the DNA and the ethos and, and do training and stuff um, so I think I think every everyone's different but uh, I think a good long run in because our third church plant kind of got up and running pretty quickly because there seemed to be a great demand and there's a lot of people but it just it makes missional strategy and thinking really difficult to do once you're up and running cause yeah, because all then, your time is yeah, taken doing exactly. the service and running. Now, how do we educate? And it's not just a free church phenomenon. It's actually every evangelical planter or movement or whatever that I've come across, including people within our network, um, constantly are facing the pressure to launch on a Sunday. Yeah. They're just constantly getting like... Why don't you launch, why, why, just start on a Sunday, what's your problem? How yeah. do we, and it, it does seem to be a generational thing, that the yeah. sort of older generation just don't quite comprehend, they, they find it suspicious that, why wouldn't you just open on a Sunday, preach the gospel, and get on with it? Why are you taking this, they seem very suspicious of the word missional, yeah. long term, they, they seem, uh, across all of our sort of um, theological flavours, one, why do you think that is? And two, how do we help our planters not be sucked in too much to the pressure of that and educate some of our older Christians? And often a lot of them will be other pastors or elders. Won't yeah. They? I mean, it's, it, I suppose there's a, it's multifaceted. There's, there's the visual thing. It's, you need to be seen to be doing something. Yeah. So that, that's one thing. There's a massive pressure on a planter, right? Yeah, yeah. And results, and maybe they're getting funding. Their funders are saying, well, what are you doing? And how many have you got? How many conversions have you had? And uh, things like that. So that, that outward, outward manifestation is, is the church service, I guess. But along with that, it's that whole definition of church as, or gospel community as just the church service, as if mm -hmm. that's all it is involved yeah. it's, so it's moving away not that that's not important of course it's hugely significant but getting the root the grounding in that is really important and if you're planting a church in our context in the secular mm -hmm. environment which we live the most important thing is that that is a vibrant expression of Christ's unity in a community context that you you mission and you you serve and you know you share your faith in in the context of a community and unless that is well grounded and well 
thought through and committed and uh, ready to do this work, uh, then just starting a church service can kind of look good on the surface, but the, if the roots aren't in place and the grounding isn't there, then it might be very shallow to take the parable of the sower and, and no, yeah, kind no, of I change agree. it slightly. It just seems to be a massive pressure on young men. It doesn't matter how many times you say to people, we've got to explain, you're patient with them, da-da-da-da. Yeah, but we're all like that. We're, and, you know, we face that pressure as ministers, as pastors, you know, people say, oh, yeah. how many do you get in church? Or, you know, how's your church going? And it's all in terms of numbers and all the kind of invisible things are difficult to quantify. Um, and we fall into that. We want to be successful in the commas. You want to be seen to be doing well. And I guess the church service is the big public thing now yeah. that people, and because it can be broadcast and shown around the world and all that kind of stuff, people want to see a great service of great preaching. <laughs> um, what do you think <clears throat> the spiritual temperature of Scotland is right now? Ooh. Uh, I think it's uh, just about ready to pop. Because <laughs> <laughs> I hear all I this chat great. about postmodern, la la la, secular, atheistic, and I'm not saying that they're not all true, it's all true. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't I, think it's brilliant that people aren't worshipping Jesus, but no. I just think the opportunities for us are massive. Yeah, I think people are, are confused, they're lonely, they're isolated, they've tried all the the non-God stuff, you know, at a broad level, and it's all failing miserably. Yeah. And I think there's a real opportunity for ordinary but passionate Christians yeah. to get out, share their faith, and see results. Yeah. So what's the big challenge to the free church going forward in the next 10 years? It's taking gospel risks and, you know, not just clamming up and going back into a wee safe, secure... Presbyterian, Calvinistic, Reformed bubble. But it's just to take the risks of the gospel, because it is, isn't it? It's risky going oh, out yeah. with the gospel in a good way, you know. No, yeah, I love know. it. You're talking to the... God is, yeah. God, Aslan is... to the choir here. I'm loving it. I'll be... Yeah. He's... Uh, take as many risks as you can for Jesus. God is good, but he's not safe. And we're following him, you know. Yeah. We're, we're taking risks and we need to take risks. And, you know, people say, oh, we, we haven't got the resources, we haven't got the people, we haven't got the money. What about you know, keeping the smaller churches going. Absolutely, we've got to do all these things. It's not either or. It's We've got to plant churches. We've got to revitalise other churches. We've got to maintain what we've got and grow and reach out to the whole world as well. Amen. You know, so, yeah, I've got a great God. So. And so, what would you say is the biggest need and prayer required in terms of Scotland generally and in terms of ministry that you're trying to engage in, that people can be at home thinking, this is our biggest need, this is what we need, these are some of what things that we need prayer for. I think for Scotland, I think we need we need the guys to, to come through, good, really godly guys and women uh, who will serve God, but guys in, in you know church planting positions, church leadership, bold and courageous and humble. Uh, I think we need unity, and I don't mean ecumenical unity, which is kind of a waste of time. I think we need proper gospel unity where there's not jealousy and there's not suspicion. Uh, and, I, I, and I would 
argue that internally for our denomination we need that unity and, and lack of suspicion and you know do you think it's less suspicious now than it's been historically yeah i think so i yeah but uh, I, mean, I don't know because yeah. most of my pals are free church guys so i've never really yeah i mean they've all been good lads to me so. yeah uh, i think so i think sometimes it can be difficult and anything and you, you know, people say, oh, it's, it's all very sexy talking about church planting, blah, blah, blah. That's just a fad that will pass. You know, to get beyond that sort of fear and suspicion and say, well, actually, no, this is kind of New Testament model. And, uh, Why do you think Scotland's such a cynical culture compared to the States? Because you go to the States, they're yeah, man, praise the Lord, yeah. let's do it, go for your vision. You come here, they're like, shut up. You know? That's because they all left here to go to the States. <laughs> that is and true. start something new. And but it, it, there is a sort of negativity yeah, it's because we get, we're getting beaten 31, 31 nil by England. We come back with 38, 31 winning, and then they get an equalising. Do you know what? I was gutted. We can't win it. Because. We're cynical. I am. Um, yeah. I Obviously, Irish, I wanted, I wanted Wales to do us just so England <laughs> wouldn't win. And then when I saw the result, I was boiling because we could have won that if we'd have beat Wales. That's right, you could have. Because I thought Scotland is going to get humped. And then yeah. when I saw 31 nil, I was like, you've I, I turned it off. Did you? Did you watch <laughs> the highlights? Watching the Man, Man City game instead. Oh. But, yeah, um, no, I just noticed no, it's interesting it that the culture is very... It's not a culture that nurtures vision. No, Presbyterianism... No, I'm not talking about Presbyterianism, I'm just but talking historically, about... Historically, yeah, just... it is... Um, it's quite a... I don't know why particularly, but it seems to divide and separate. You know, we're great at splitting apart, not so great at coming together. But historically, you you've had some big hitters here who were men of vision. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think we're in a great place as a as a denomination. If you know, if we work together and trust and and serve one another by serving Christ by serving one another. Yeah. That we've still got reach into the whole of Scotland as a denomination. Generally, you know, yeah. we have. And that could be really significant. And uh, do you have free churches overseas? Yes, yeah, some one or two. But um, the mission work now. You know, we want to partner with with indigenous yeah. guys in different places and and build the work up that way and, and support. Uh, I'm assuming all the sort of American Presbyterian denominations all have their root here, though, right? So. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Not that I know, I don't know yeah. much about the history of it. I'm sure some boffin will write in and tell me something. But. Now that sounds pretty good. They do. Cool. Right. Just, just a quick one, just, just for folks who don't know what the partnership is between 20 schemes and, and the future. Yeah, that would be good for me to find out that too. <laughs> we do have some sort of Yeah, I think at the assembly they... Partnership, yeah, didn't they, we, a few they, years ago. Yeah, they did. Um, they did say they would like to... And which we do, and I mean, basically, it's not very formal. It's been, I've taught in the college a few times, or I haven't taught for a while. Um, it tends to be from the ground up, isn't it? The yeah, we support the guys um, on the ground, a couple of guys. Um, I mean, I think with I think the, the guys that you're guys. supporting, yeah. I think it would be good to, with that foundation to, uh, to make it slightly more, you know, formal and... and we will have a, we so we do have a some we have formal partnership agreements with their churches or yeah. whoever their yeah, yeah. their body is. It just yeah. says this is the nature of the relationship. So, but yeah, we we have, we have a pretty good organic. Plan. Yeah, we we tend to chill out and hang out together, not as much as we I'd like to. Mm. Um, you know, if things are happening, people are coming to town. We usually just sort of share the love around. 
Stuff like that, nothing that formal. It's more friendship, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and my son works. And yeah, work. and, his, yeah. and his son works for us and generally lives on the edge of a nervous breakdown because he's the accountant. Yeah. Tries <laughs> to siphon some of your money towards the future. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good luck with that. Um, okay, I'm going to end it there. Thanks, Deco. So Pleasure, little mate. cheeky, this advert for the free church has been sponsored by 20 Schemes. <laughs> All right? I'll buy him a coffee. Nice one. With these conversations, we're trying to expose some of the issues we experience in our ministries. We hope that with honest and frank conversations, we can begin to open up on some of the hard realities of church planting and revitalization in schemes and council estates around the UK. In fact, even around the world. In this spirit, these conversations will be published completely uncut.